Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Open your Bibles and go with me over to John's Gospel, chapter 14. John's Gospel, chapter 14. And uh, if you're joining us for the first time, we just kicked off a, a summer series last week called When God Speaks. And so I want to get back into that lane of prayer. In the first of the year, God put it in my heart to begin to talk about prayer. So we started some prayer ministries. We have pre-service prayer every Sunday morning in the chapel. want to thank Sister Doreen for leading that this morning and being faithful there uh, during summer. And, and this is going to be open all summer. So get here early. Uh, on Sundays. If you do, go up to the chapel and pray. Get your spirit ready for God, ready to hear the word, ready to worship. Thursday morning at 9 a.m., mom and dad leads a prayer group right here, a prayer ministry in the chapel as well. But this is uh, also the other side of prayer is what I'm talking about now is when God speaks. Because how many know prayer isn't about just giving God a list of our needs? Is it, It's not just a laundry list. It's about being able to hear the voice of God and so uh, Hebrews chapter 1, if you want to put this on the screen, this has been like an anchor text for us. Scripture says in Hebrews 1 that God has, he speaks in very, at various times and in various ways. He spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophet, and he has in these last days spoken to us by his son, Jesus Christ. So he speaks in different ways. He speaks through signs and through through gifts of the Spirit and through dreams and visions. And we're, talk, we're going to talk about all of that. Last week, we talked about how to prepare our heart to discern the voice of God as we looked at Samuel. And today, we're going to look at one of the most common ways that God speaks to us, and it is through Jesus Christ in these last days. And that is how He speaks to us through His Word. This is probably one of the most common ways that you and I, if you are a believer, that you will hear God speak to you. It is through the Bible. It's my, I'm a word guy. You know that. I love the Holy Spirit. He works with the word to illuminate and bring revelation to us. So we're going to talk about that today. So many scriptures I would take you to, but I want to land on John today. It's one of my favorite. Memorize this when I first got saved. John 14, 21. Let's read it together. He says, he who has my commandments and keeps them or obeys them. It is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. If anyone loves me, he will obey my word. That's very, you need to underline that verse. Whoever loves me will obey my word. And my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my words, and the word which you hear is not mine. I'm not saying this, Jesus said, my heavenly father who sent me. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, if I say the helper, we sang it today that the Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you. Everybody say teach. He will teach you all things, and he will bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Let's just stop there. I thank you for your word today, and I pray your blessing upon our time. In Jesus' name, Lord. And everyone said amen, amen. You can be seated. Thanks, Pastor Steve. Um, hallelujah. I do want to take an offering. I forgot, didn't I? Man, we've got to take an offering. It's kind of important. Amen. Let's if you haven't given already, there's an opportunity. There are chair, uh, envelopes in the back of the chairs. Grab one of those. Uh, I do need to remind you of the outdoor service. I know Lindsay just talked about it, but uh, we're getting the floor redone. We're getting the different things in this room to look more like a church, uh, and the floor needs to get repaired anyway. So this is going to take place at the end of July. That's why we're having an outdoor service. Uh, and so... If you'd like to give to that, you can write on, on the envelope building fund, or if you're giving electronically, you can give into the building fund. That way it helps offset the cost. Very expensive project that we have going here. And uh, so I want to thank you for your faithfulness and your tithes and offering. I do pray over our giving, God, Lord. And Lord, you see our hearts, you see our giving. It's important to us. It's important to you. I do pray a blessing over our finances. 
that, God, you would continue to provide for us so we can be a blessing. I pray that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, hallelujah. How many is ready for the word today? What if I told you that there was a pill you could take, and you would have to take it four times a week, and taking this pill, it would be free, by the way, it would reduce uh, all negative feelings, it would reduce stress, it would reduce feeling alone, it would significantly uh, drop all of those negative feelings while also getting rid of uh, spiritual stagnant attitudes in your life. It will break habits, ungodly habits and things you're trying to break. It will help you control your anger. It will also improve your marriage. It will also improve your relationships. It will also give you more of a hunger for God and making disciples of other people. If you just took this pill and it would be free, but you had to take it four times a week, how many would say, yeah, you got my attention. I'd be down for that. Well, what I'm going to tell you is this. There is something that you can do four times a week. It's not a pill, but it can do all of those things, and that is this, to read your Bible. Seriously, you might have seen this. It's been all over the internet. internet. It went, it went viral, viral here recently. Uh, it was a study done by Center of Bible Engagement, and they polled or studied 40,000 um, people, 40,000 people, and they wanted to poll them to see what difference do they have in their life that read the Bible. So they polled 40,000 people, and out of them, there were a great group, a large amount of them who read their Bible. This is what they found. They just wanted to find out what happens in a person's life when they read their Bible. When you read your Bible one time a week, uh, there is actually no significant difference in your life. So in other words, if the only time you really read your Bible is when you hear Pastor Eddie say, stand for the reading of God's Word, uh, and that is the only time you read your Bible, there is going to be, out of this study, no significant difference in your life. Those who've read their Bible two times, no significant difference in their life. Those that read their Bible three times a week, there was a little blip on the radar. There was a little, little difference that they saw in some of the attitudes and moods, but it wasn't very much. But then they discovered this, and it, it totally changed their study and that they then turned their, turned their attention to study this even more. And that is what happens when someone reads their Bible four times a week. There is a huge difference and a, something radical takes place. So it's not gradually one time, two times, three times. It is really nothing one time and two times, three times a little blip on the screen. But four times something happens and it goes off the chart. And this is what they discovered. When someone, when we read our Bible four times a week, we, feeling lonely drops 30%. I want you to hear that. Feeling lonely, where a lot of anxiety a lot, or a lot of depression, I should say, some anxiety, is associated with being alone. That drops 30%. No medication, no counseling, just reading your Bible four times a week. Anger issues drop 32%. Bitterness in relationships. This is marital relationships. This is family relationships. Also friends. If there's bitterness, resentment in those relationships, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. I deal with a lot of folks coming out of addiction and out of that lifestyle because I am one. And, and a lot of times I get this, people are just wanting me to wave a magic wand or God to wave a magic wand on their life. And it doesn't happen that way. What does happen is when you and I read our Bible four times a week, alcoholism, look at that, drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant will drop 60%. These are the behaviors that they notice that happens just from reading your Bible. Viewing pornography drops 61% from just reading your Bible four times a week. Sex outside of marriage drops 68%. And then on the flip side of it, what happens when you read your Bible four times a week? Again, they turned their attention to study this even more. They couldn't believe it. And they also found that people that read their Bible four times a week, sharing their faith jumps 
Why? Because you got more confidence in the Bible. You got more confidence to hold conversations because you're in your Bible. Automatically jumps 200%. And lastly, wanting to disciple others jumps 230% simply because you read your Bible four times a week. Why? Because the Word of God is living, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two edged sword, able to discern between the spirit and the soul and the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is alive and can bring life and change to your life. Simply reading this book can do all of those things that I just told you. People spend thousands of dollars regularly to try to get all of these, to go to conferences and try to go to this thing and go to that thing to boost their spiritual fervor. And we have the answer sitting in our laps or on our phones the whole time. Turn our attention to John 14, 21. Jesus said, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Everybody say manifest. He said, I I will manifest, I will show. What does the word manifest mean? You probably know what it means, but let me give you the technical definition in the original language. It means to appear. You want to see Jesus? Scriptures reveal Jesus. Makes known. Do you got something in your life that you need God to make known to you. A relationship. Lord, if you're single, I know you're praying. Make known to me (laughs) who my significant others are. Come on, single people, don't act like you're quiet. Amen, don't be awkward quiet, right? You need an answer to a job situation, a financial situation. You need Jesus to appear. You need Jesus to make it visible to you, to reveal it to you. Jesus said it's through my word. This is probably one of the most common ways that every believer has heard God speak to them. It's through their word. Now, this isn't on your screen, but I want you to write two words down. I want you to write down logos, L-O-G-O-S. Some of you already know it, but many of you don't. I don't ever take it for granted that everybody in the room knows what I'm talking about all the time. Write down logos, L-O-G-O-S, and right next to it, written word. Logos means written word. That's this right here. That's... That's this Bible you can buy, whether you have a book form uh, or digital form. Now, I preach out of my iPad. I like the digital form of stuff, but when it comes to the Bible, I, I love the paper book guy. I'm, I'm that guy. I like to write in my book. It's okay if you don't. Uh, I just like it. I even like the way it smells. Isn't that weird? I love the book. I love the Bible. I got dates written next to my Bible, all in the Bible, next to scriptures where God has spoken to me. So that's logos. That's the written word. Anyone can pick one up. Atheists have read this. Archaeologists have read this to discover cities and treasures. And I was looking up some stats. I was going to bore you to death with these stats. I'll just give you this one. The Bible is the number one best-selling book in human history and still stands in 2023. (laughs) Number one best-selling book. It just is because it does all those things that I told you. Sad reality is, as Barna discovered, that there's only 27% of Christians who claim to read their Bible regularly during the week, 27%. We got to change that, church. The other word I want you to write down is rhema, R-H-E-M-A. And that, I want you to write next to that spoken word. So logos is written word. What I'm talking about today is how to get a rhema word. How when you read this book, Anybody can read it, but then you have God speak a fresh word to you from the Logos. That's a rhema. Everybody say rhema. You might have heard of rhema ministries. It's a very uh, common word. That right there is what will get you addicted to reading the Bible. Is when you read the Bible and it speaks to you. It illuminates. There's something that jumps off the page There's something that comes alive. You can do it in the preaching of the word. I know many times people have told me, I heard it again last week, man, you preached exactly what we were talking about on the way to church. I'm telling you, Matt Band puts little microphones on your way out every Sunday and you don't even know it. No, I'm just kidding. Some of you think that really, oh, that explains it. No, 
It's the Holy Spirit taking the word of God. Or I heard this. I was just reading that this week, Pastor, and you preached on it. How many has ever had that happen? Just real quick. I mean, have, that's a rhema. That's a rhema word. That's a, a way, and I'm going to get to signs in a couple of weeks. How we are also, God will give signs, and that's one of the ways he does speak to us. We don't seek for a sign, but I'll show you how to handle the signs. But God speaks to us, but most commonly it's going to be through the rhema, through the spoken word. You read it, but then it illuminates it. It may be one word, one word that God will give you, and you can chew on that and meditate on that for days, for weeks. Hallelujah. Here in John 14, Jesus does give us some, this is some practical stuff today. So those of you that already know this, I got something for you that I'm sure it's going to feed you and you'll get something out of it. But uh, out of this scripture, especially verse 21, Jesus gives a couple of practical instructions of how to hear and to get the rhema from the word of God, something I learned from day one. And that is this, number one, write this down, develop a love for God's word. You got to develop a love for the word of God. Jesus says four times in this one verse, the word love. Having faith will help you believe in God. Love will help you live for God. Many people have faith and they have believe, they believe in Jesus, but they struggle in living for God. I want to challenge you. Grow not in your knowledge. Don't grow in, in all of these activities, your busyness, your giving. Grow in your love for God. Get to the place where you don't just believe there is a God, but that you love God and that you love his word and you love reading this book. You love when God speaks to you. Love the word of God. King David Love the Word of God. Psalm 119. It's the longest psalm in the Bible. My personal favorite. He says the word, word, 48 times. And that word, word, most of the time can be translated into the Greek understanding of rhema. He's saying it's your spoken word that gives me life. And by the way, the word David was talking about in Psalms wasn't the New Testament. It wasn't written yet. He says, your word is like honey to my lips. You know what he's talking about? Leviticus. He's talking about Genesis, Exodus, the law of Moses, the story of the prophets. And he had such a love for the Old Testament. That was his word at the time. Why? Because he knew that the Spirit of God would speak to him through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. And, and, and he would be inspired to write the book of Psalm. But he loved it. Look what he said in Psalm 119. He said, truly I love your word more than gold. Yes, more than fine gold. How many, of you, how many of you love this word, don't raise your hand, more than money? Why don't you stop and think about that? Let that reflect in your heart. If someone said, I'll give you a million dollars to never read your Bible again, I want you to think of what you would say. A million dollars to never read your Bible again. David said, you can give me all the money in the world. You can give me all the money in the world and I still won't receive it unless I can have the word of God. Why? Because it's not a boring book to him. He tasted of the rhema. He tasted of the rhema and he began to get addicted to the rhema, the spoken word of God through his word. It will transform our lives. Listen, this is something that I learned to do. I hated reading. I, I hated it. I struggled in school. In order for me to graduate high school, I had to take summer school, night school, and, all, and four classes all on one subject, English, because I slept in all of my English classes. I hated it. I hated reading, stopping and reading. I, I hated stopping, number one, to sit there and read. I couldn't do it. Oh, stop. Hurry up. When I got saved, gave my life to the Lord, I used to deliver a truck, drive delivery guy for years, and my route was out of town in Grand Rapids. And I had a routine. I would stop at my last store, and I'd always go to the back, and it was a liquor store, and he always knew. I got me uh, some beer, and I would go out, and he gave it to me. For, he'd always give it to me for free. I'd go to my hotel room. I had a credit card, a company express, and I'd order me a pizza, and I'd sit there, and I would drink myself to sleep. And, 
That's the way I lived, and that's how every Tuesday night ended for me on my truck route over in Grand Rapids and Holland, Michigan, and all the way down to South Haven, and that's where my hotel usually was, and I did that for years, and when I was back here in, at home, it was just party, party, party. Let me tell you something, I loved to party. That was my life. That's what I did. I, everything revolved around my substance. Everything revolved around it. I didn't just like it, I loved it. I wouldn't go anywhere unless we could drink. I had to have a beer. I had to have alcohol. I had to have a little substance. Anytime we went to the fireworks, my kids, we wouldn't go into a park because they wouldn't allow drinking. So we're going to get a blanket and stay outside of the park because my little God, I mean, my little bottle was more important than even being with family. It began to consume my whole life. So when I stand here today as Pastor Eddie and, and preach to you about this stuff, I'm telling you, I am not just a spokesman. I'm also a client because I'm telling you something happened and changed my life forever. And it was this right here. And after November the 5th, 1997, when I got saved that night, I went to that liquor store and he looked at me and as I made my delivery, I walked in, he paid me and he thought I was going to go to the back and get me some beer. And I looked at him, I started to walk out. He goes, hey, where are you going? I said, I'm going back to the room. He said, ain't you going to get your, your beer? I said, no, man, I, I'm drinking something else now. I'm drinking that new wine. He said, what you talking about? We got wine. It's over there. I said, I said, no, man, I've been going to church, man. I'm 25 years old standing there. I remember there was a lady there getting her some scratch-offs. I'm about, this is the big time, this time. $100 all the way on the floor, wasting her. Anyway, she goes, oh, yeah, praise the Lord. Jesus set me free from drinking too. I was like, oh, Jesus, there's ministry everywhere you look. He said, man, you're really, you're serious. I said, yeah, man, I'm going to turn my life, I'm just going to church. I'm just trying to get my life right with God. And over a period of time, him watching me, I ended up praying with him right there in the parking lot about Jesus Christ who come into his life because he said and he watched that this guy who used to just be hooked to this thing is now, and this is what he said to me. It wasn't that I was being sober. He says, man, everything about you. He said, it's not only what you say, it's how you say what you say. I said, I believe it, man. It's changing my life. And my mom did give me my first Bible, and this is it right here. I wore the covers off of it. And that night when I got into my hotel, about a week later when mom gave it to me, I pulled this out of my bag. Still ordered me a pizza, hallelujah, and watched Monday night football. Whatever night, I watched my game, but I was in my word. I began to read my Bible, and God began to change my life. And this November the 5th will be 26 years, and I haven't drank a drop of alcohol. I haven't needed it. I haven't wanted it. I haven't done a substance. I haven't backslid. I'm not perfect. Ask my wife. <laughs> God's still working on me. I'm still in the process. But you need to hear that these stats I read to you isn't just a stat done by somebody. You can live in victory. You can overcome the bondages of the world. You can break the chains of addiction. You can break the chains of habits of drugs and alcohol, of lying, of greed, of pornography, of all these other vices that you and I can get into. The word of God is quick and is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and can break these chains off of your life. This book right here. You believe it today? Loving God's word makes you and I lovers of truth. And we need to be lovers of truth because the Bible warns that in the last days, truth will be staggering in the streets and will fall down. The old prophet prophesied that in the last times that people won't even know what truth is. And then Paul the apostle writes about it in it's Thessalonians, and he says this about the Antichrist and the last days, which I'm going to talk a little bit about that when I talk about signs, because there are signs all around us, and God is purposely doing those to get everyone's attention. Paul writes and says this, the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. Man. And all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. Look what he says. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. The safeguard of, becoming, of being deceived is to love this word right here. 
And many people today love everything. They watch everything. They read all the other books. They watch all these videos on YouTube. They can say all these other things. And many of them have something to do with religion or some sort of something. But I want to ask you how much time. Don't go to those other books until you master this book, until you love this book. Because this is the one that will set you free. This is the one that is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, for uh, correction and instruction and righteousness. It's the word of God that is the one that you and I will live on. Come on, help me somebody. It's the word. I love we had a, hope you enjoyed your 4th of July. We did with family. We sat around and we talked about, a, we guess some guys here in our church that we get into some extra biblical text and the book of Enoch and Joe and LaDonna and I, we were talking about some of these other books and uh, writings of the Bible and all of these other things. And then we would go right into the Bible, though, and how the Word of God says this and how it's refreshing to our soul and strengthens us, man. And I love it, man. You can just, you can just see it changes an atmosphere when you talk about the Holy Spirit and when you talk about the Word of God. That's why it changes so much in your life, in our life, is we just w- would give some attention to reading the Word of God. Be a diligent worker. Study to show yourself approved, the Bible says, right? Timothy 2.15. A worker not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. All these scriptures were told to become a student of the word of God. you got to love the word of God. This is what Rome hated about the early church. Do you know that Rome persecuted Christians in the first and second century? Not because they were moral people. It wasn't because they were good, moral people. They were. They hated the Christians because of one thing. They refused to worship any other God besides Yahweh and Jehovah God. That's what got them mad. That's what caused them to feed them to lions. I was just reading the story of Polycarp again. I remember I taught that here a while back. Uh, It's been a while, actually. I spoke about these famous... You ever want to get encouraged? Read how the martyrs and even current-day missionaries suffer for their faith in Jesus Christ. I I was going to show you a video, but you can look it up on YouTube. Look up this video on YouTube when Bibles smuggled in to the underground church in China. Just type that in YouTube. Bibles smuggled in to China. It will blow your mind. They sneak a suitcase into this underground church because it's illegal to do what we're doing right now in China. And they bring this suitcase they open it up there's probably 30 adults and children and everybody crammed into this room there's no kids ministry there's no youth ministry there's no seniors ministry there's no men's ministry there's no women's ministry there's no single adult single adult divorce twice divorce one there's none of these other ministries that we have to have in the american church there's one church and they're in this little building with little candle lights and someone brings a a suitcase in she opens it up they run to it they begin to pick up the book and they're crying they're literally crying tears because of that book that they have that we have taken for granted on our phone we put all the way on the back of our phone because tiktok is the lord of kings of kings and takes all my time and instagram and if i got time i might go to the bible and we wonder why we are falling into these things these vices the american church used to lead the way in christianity it used to fuel mission fields The American church used to be the country that sent more missionaries out more than any other country of the world. Do you know what we're leading the world in right now? The most consuming nation of sex trafficking. That's America. Go see that movie, Cry of Freedom. Change your life. It's what Tim Tebow has changed his whole mission in life you remember tim tebow remember that he's now known for rescuing people out of human trafficking because he became aware of what happens 160 billion dollars it's the largest crime network globally this is the one thing that democrats and republicans and whatever the independents should agree on and try to get something done about it Good luck with that. Loving the word of God, but they hated the early church because they, they would not bow their knee to any other God besides God. Why? They loved the word of God. 
Then he says this, and I want to go kind of fast and spend the rest of our time on that third one. He says, he who has my commandments and keeps them or obeys them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Try to memorize that. It's it's one of the most powerful uh, scriptures in the Bible. He who has my commandments, and here's the point, and obeys them. Number two, live in obedience to God's word. These are so simple today. Love, be a love, develop your love for the word of God. I read this book every single day of my life. I have made a personal uh, commitment to the Lord, and I'm, when I get to heaven, I'm gonna find out if I missed a day. Vacation, I don't care. The only time I really don't have devotional time is Sunday morning because I'm preparing to preach. Tomorrow morning is usually our day off, so no alarm Monday, hallelujah. But the internal alarm gets up anyway. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Do you know what I'm gonna be doing about seven o'clock in the morning, tomorrow morning? Unless something crazy happens, hopefully not. Having me a cup of coffee, spending a few minutes in the Word. I'm spending at least in my devotion time. I'm just saying this. I'm not blowing my trumpet. I'm not bragging. I'm leading. And I'm going to be in my Word tomorrow morning. I'm reading through the Bible. I read through the whole Bible. It takes me about a year and a half because I can't just rush through it. The rhema starts coming alive, and I start writing notes and stuff down. It takes me about a year and a half or two years to read through the whole Bible. I'm in the book of Judges right now. I just read about Samson, got some new revelation from him. Why do I do that? I used to tell people when they asked me, like the guy at the liquor store, Eddie, why do you read your Bible so much? Because after a while, I told him that, you know what, I'm gonna start uh, reading my Bible because I used to drink every day. That's where I used to say. I would drink every day. And I told God when I got saved, I said, if I could do that every day, I'm gonna read the Bible every day. Now, I might have been a young Christian and making a vow, and you're not supposed to make a vow. I haven't read that yet. It was in Matthew. <laughs> God honored my heart. But I said this, if I can be that turned up for Jesus, no one used to have to beg me to get high. No one ever had to beg me to party. No one ever had to beg me to do, I was like, come on, I would be the one. Let's go. But why do we need to be begged and compelled and have Gabriel appear in our living room to get us to read our word and to get into worship? God, I want to be that way. I said, God, I'm going to take time and I'm going to read your Bible every day. And to my best knowledge, I have, and I begin to read it, loving the Word of God. But then I had to learn how to obey the Word of God. Yogi, uh, Dr. Chow, Cho, Dr. Cho, excuse me, Dr. Cho had the largest church, he's with the Lord now, the largest church in the world. It was in South Korea, it's still there. Uh, it was an Assembly of God church, and it's. Uh, beginning is a million member church you heard me right one million people went to pastor cho's church they had a mountain okay called prayer mountain it's still going over there they divide obviously into several little churches but it's all from this one man's vision and they've asked him multiple times pastor cho how do you do that in south korea you know i know it's not like north korea but still it's not like America. How do you build a church like that? And I'll never forget, he always had the same answer. No matter what the microphone he was uh, in front of, he would always say this, I read the Bible and I obey. I read the Bible and I obey. I read the Bible and I do what it says. How many know it's not that deep? <laughs> Jesus said, he who has my commandments, how many has the Bible? And he who keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who does that, I will love, and I will manifest myself to him. You don't got to go on a 21-day fast. You don't got to quit eating this. You got to quit doing that. You got to sing the right song. You got to sing no music. You got to use hymn book. You got to preach with a suit on. You got to preach with jeans on. You got to preach with it. He said, none of that. Just love my word and do what it says to the best of your knowledge, and I'm going to show up, and I'm going to manifest myself to you in such a way it'll change your life. <laughs> Woo, come on, somebody help me today. Live in obedience to God's word. No matter where you go, you're going to find it. If you go to the book of James, he says, be a doer and not a hearer only. Deceive in yourself. If you go to Matthew, Matthew says, a wise man and a foolish man. They both hear the word of God. But a wise man does the word of God, and he builds his house on a rock. The storms of life come to both of them. But the one that didn't do the word of God still had the word of God, but didn't do the word of God They fell, and great was its fall. But the one who obeyed the word of God to the best of their ability, the storms came, and they did not fall. Listen, Christians are not sinless, but Christians should sin less. 
Somebody put that on Twitter. Come on. Christians are not sinless, but we should sin less. How do you do it? You got to get in that word. The old saying, some of y'all grew up like this, sin will keep you from the Bible, but the Bible will keep you from sin. Hallelujah. Said it with the old Southern Baptist voice. Hallelujah. I don't even know a Southern Baptist. I don't know why he said that. Sin to keep you from the word, word to keep you from the sin, from sin. So I would tell my friend at the liquor store, I said, you know, I, I read the Bible so much because it keeps me out of trouble. Because every time you read the Bible, it realigns your thoughts and your attitudes, right? You can't be holding bitterness and forgiveness and you read that Jesus says, if you don't forgive, your heavenly father won't forgive you. If you read that, you're like, whoa. But if you don't read that, and here's the thing about truth. If you're not in the truth, when you come to a church like this that preaches the truth, it will offend you. And the word of God is meant to offend. Truth will offend. It's supposed to do that. Jesus called it the corner stone. He's called the stone that the builders rejected. And the truth is meant to confront us and to challenge us. And that will happen when you get into the word of God. You begin to read the word of God about attitudes, about sexuality. Oh, come on, somebody. You start talking about how your purity is a gift from God and it's a gift from you and you are to guard your purity and when you indulge in sex, it's meant to be between a husband and wife and a covenant because you're giving the most precious and intimate part of yourself away to another. That's God's design. It's not Pastor Eddie's design. That's God's design. And when you read about it in the scripture and how God blesses that and he even says in Hebrews, the bed is undefiled and it is blessed. Let all the married people get happy in this place today the bed is blessed by god come on somebody some of y'all afraid to clap clap somebody all of you got kids so i know something happened come on somebody don't talk about that in church what you talking about willis god invented it i know kids are younger ones are here and some parents are sweating right now where's he going where's he going get back on it get back on it We need to talk more about it. I'm telling you, it's something God invented. It's something that is supposed to be in the context of marriage. But you read about it in Scripture. You read about your sexuality, your identity. You're not led by your feelings. You're not led by culture. You're led by the Word of God. I know it's tough sometimes to carry your cross and not do what everybody else is doing. Satan is parading. He's right in the Times Square today. He's right in music awards. He's right in our face. He's blatant, just right in our face, just... Daring someone to challenge him. If you're not a lover of truth or no one that follows him, you're going to find yourself falling behind. But it's not about keeping the rules. Let me say this before we begin to get it, go on. He's, when I say obey the word, it's not about keeping the rules so much as it is also when the scripture talks about forgiving one another, but also like maybe you start reading the word, it would cause you to start apologizing to some folks. Maybe it'll start causing you to give. Maybe it'll start calling you to encourage one another a little bit more. So when I say keeping the word of God and obeying the Bible, we always think of these sins and holiness and, and that. Yeah, there's a part of that, but also the Holy Spirit isn't just to give us a prayer language. The Holy Spirit will help us apologize, somebody said. The Holy Spirit will help us forgive. The Holy Spirit will help us love when we don't want to love that other person. I'm moving right on. You guys are shouting me down on that one. Obedience is God's mean, chosen means of expressing our love to him. Get that. Obedience is God's chosen means of expressing our love to him. That's what he said. Those who love me. And lastly, and this is really the the meat of the word here, is listen for the spoken in the written. That's what I started out saying. So love the word of God, live the word of God, and listen Listen for the spoken in the written. He said to us, and we read it earlier, he's the helper. The helper is the one that lives inside of us that will help us discern what we need to do. He'll help us understand the decisions that we need to make. And so there's three things I want to give you, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because we're going to unpack these in the weeks to come. But I get asked a lot, okay, Pastor Eddie, how do you get rhema from the bible i read it and i don't really hear god speak to me or you know what i i don't even understand it a lot of times and i i've heard many people say that and i understand the struggle is real when it comes to 
We're, we're reading the word of God. That's why you've got to develop a love for God, by the way. You keep doing it. But this is uh, what you do. I always tell in the scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1, he says this scripture. Look at, look at it. It says, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed. He's talking about the Bible. If you read the text, he's talking about the Bible. He says, which you do well to focus as a light that shines in a dark place. And here it is. Until, everybody say until. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. So how much Bible should I read? Read until. If you don't remember anything I said today, read this. When it, remember this. When it comes to reading your Bible, read it until. Read it until you see something new. Until you get something in your heart spoken to you from God. It, it may take three chapters. It may take three words. You read it until the word of God begins to come alive. Peter says, read it until the morning star rises in your heart. Another definition for morning star is Jesus in the Bible. He will manifest himself, right, to you through the word of God. Pray and say, God, speak to my heart. And he will, and this is the three, this is what he will say. He will always speak to us. He will comfort us. He will compel us. He will confirm. He will convict. There's four. I don't have time to unpack all of those, but like I said, we will in the weeks to come. These are so important. He will comfort us. When you read the word of God, it will sustain you. Look, I can't always tell you exactly what I read two weeks ago. Just like I can't tell you what I ate for dinner two weeks ago, but I know this, it sustained me. And the word of God has a way of sustaining you. So sometimes you won't always get a word of direction or a deep, profound word. You'll just get comfort from Scripture that God is with you. Comfort that he's never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. This is what the word of God speaks to you. He brings hope to you. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but he lives by every word spoken by the word of God. Rhema, he just will comfort your soul. Read until you get something. I've read many times and didn't get nothing and had to go on with work and go on, but later on that day I come back to it. I say, okay, God, slow my mind down. Speak to me something. And it's, many times it's just to remind me of something that I done forgot. It's like you eat the same meal. Some of you eat the same meal all the time. For me, Saturday nights is Mexican. I don't know what it is, but I've been on a Mexican kick in my family. Everybody knows Saturday night is Mexican. Some of you guys eat pizza every Friday night. Growing up, Melinda's mom and dad, Melinda's dad watches online, they would have pizza night every Friday night back at Little Caesars when Little Caesars was in the paper when the pizza was good at Little Caesars. Not them little hot and ready's. Come on, somebody. Remember when it was in the double, you get two pizzas and it had the paper you rip that paper off. Guess where I was every Friday night, right there. How you doing, Mr. and Mrs. Mills? <laughs> you look so nice today, Mrs. Mills. They call me Eddie Haskell. Okay, so I was because I was getting that pizza. But it will comfort you. It compel you. This is when God will put a word in your heart. In 2019, I was reading the word of God, and I read Isaiah 60 where he said, Arise and shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is upon you. And I underlined that in my script in my Bible. And I said, God, what are you saying? And we had prayer that Tuesday night. And during prayer night, one of the sisters of the church, I didn't tell anybody this, stood up and talked about that same scripture, how God has spoken to them about arise and shine. So I said, God, what are you doing? I went back to the word of God, and he began to highlight the word arise. Just begin to lift off the pages. I began to write. This was April 2019. We were praying about building an addition onto our building. There was a dream God gave me. I'll get into that later. But I began to read that, and it, it confirmed. Here's the other thing, that God was getting ready to do something, and it wasn't to build, but it was to arise. And I, we ended up, it was, it was April. By August, had no idea, but this building came for sale in August. We, moved, we bought it in September and began to move in because God confirmed it in his word. He will compel, he will confirm, and he will convict. That's what he does when you read the Bible. Holy Spirit will convict. Hey, you need to stop that. You need to start doing this. You need to stop doing that. That's what the word of God will do when you, you and I read it. And I'll show you how you need to get a confirmation because there are many ideas that comes into the heart of man. And you and I need a sure way. Listen, I've made big decisions. This 
Tuesday, July 11th, whatever day the 11th is, will be uh, five years, seven years since I went full-time into ministry. And it was all God spoke to me. I knew it was coming. The church was growing. It was hard for me to do two things at once. And I prayed about it. It's a big, serious decision, walking away from a job and a pension and Blue Cross, Blue Shield, all of that. And the church was growing, but it wasn't as large as it is now. It took a step of faith, and that was huge in the Word of God. The pages in 1 Corinthians, the words that Paul wrote, says those that preach the gospel should live by the gospel. Just leaped right off me. I said, God, is it time? I begin to pray, pray, and then prophetic words begin to confirm it. And people, I turn the radio on, no lie, and the guy would be, would be teaching on the same thing. Everywhere you turned, it was God speaking to me from the word of God. And I remember I did that, walked into my boss and said, hey, in that same weekend, many of you know the story, they offered me a position in corporate at work to take it that same weekend that I was going to take over the church. And here it is telling them now that I'm going to go full-time into the ministry. He said, I had a feeling that was going to happen. I remember driving out of that parking lot for the first time, for the last time, on my way home. But I did it because I had a word from God. I've also prayed about things, and God didn't give me a word. What does that mean? Don't do nothing. Don't do nothing. Peter got on the boat. He was going to get out of the boat. What did he say? If it's you, tell me. If Jesus wouldn't have said nothing, Peter probably still would have, I'm going to show Thomas. He would have sunk even faster, and that's what many do. I said, did God tell you to do that? No, but I just feel it in my heart. I saw a rainbow in the sky. That ain't your sign. I was on Instagram, and that scripture came up, Pastor Eddie. What scripture? The one that you preached like six years ago at one time, and you told that one story four years ago, and then I got an idea, and I was reading my horoscope, and all of a sudden, I got this. Somebody in our church was telling us they were speaking, talking with somebody, and they said, and talking about the last days, they said, I know Jesus is coming because I went to a psychic, and they told me Jesus was coming. <laughs> For once, the psychic was right. I don't know. <laughs> It's bad when psychics are telling you to get your butt in church. Come on, somebody. Hey, some of you, I don't know if I should clap to that. I'm going to give you this. I'll give you some homework. For your Monday, I want to challenge you for your Monday. I haven't done this in a long time. Worship team, will you come? Before your Monday, I want to challenge you. That some of you already do this. Read your Bible four times this week. Read your Bible four times this week. Young people, read your Bible four times this week. Older people, read your Bible four times this week. Online church, read your, many of you do it four times this week. And write down and notice the difference in your attitude and the changes it brings in your life. I pray you do it for the rest of the year. Get into that habit. It takes 21 days to create a habit. This is a good habit. Because there was a lot of other bad habits that... We didn't like the first time we tried it, but we kept at it. Let's stand to our feet as we start to close. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just get our minds back on the Lord right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for speaking to our hearts, Lord. He who has your commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves you. You said that he that loves you, you will love him and manifest yourself to us. Lord, we want to see you. We want to get confirmation in these decisions, and we want to follow your leading. Some of us just need comfort, Lord. We are not praying about a big decision. We just feel alone. We feel spiritually stagnant. We are feeling ourselves get cold. We used to be in the Word four and five and six times a week. We used to do Bible studies, but now, Lord, we got so busy and we don't even do it anymore. Lord, I, I pray that we turn it around today. This message resonate in our hearts today and we turn it around and we begin to seek you again. Speak to us fresh from your word, I pray. As we commit to read regularly this week, I pray that you will speak to us pray already for the testimonies to come of renewal and deliverance 
even generational curses and habits or, or cycles is what, I, what they are by God in, the, in your word, that they are broken because of the power of the Holy Spirit through the word. If you're here today with every head bowed and eyes closed, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you want to make him your Lord today, just lift your hand up right where you are and say, pray for me. I need to give my life to Jesus Christ today. I need to ask him to forgive me of my sins that come into my life. If anybody is here today, lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. If you're watching online, you need to commit your life to Jesus. Hallelujah. How many else would say, Pastor Eddie, I need to get a, a revival for his word in my heart. Come on, I, I need God to touch me in a way that I love his word and I get something out of his word more. I, I know I need to get into that word more. Who am I preaching to today? Come on, won't you lift both of those hands up to the Lord today? Lift them up today. I'm going to pray God's blessing on you today. And then if you need prayer, you can come up and our altar team will be here and pray with you today. But Father, I pray over this church and I thank you for what you're doing in this church, Lord. I thank you for summer, God, and, and many are vacationing. And thank you for the money and the time and for life, God. You're so good to us. I thank you for it. But Lord, we don't want to get so busy. We neglect this most important critical discipline to love your word almighty God put your love in our hearts Lord for your word I pray over your church right now God that we would become lovers of your word lovers of truth in Jesus name well amen and amen I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.